Did we all get swept in the tide waters of blue wave? Or did we live to see another day? Election talk and results right here, right now. Get ready and tighten your seatbelts. This is FritzCast. Hello, everybody. This is the FritzCast. It's Wednesday, November 7th, a.k.a. the day after Election Day. And uh, if you're a regular listener, you probably can already hear it in my voice. You're probably thinking right now, oh, my God, Fritz, you're sick. Why are you recording a podcast if you're sick? I'm actually, this is the weirdest thing that's come with the changing of the seasons in my life. Typically at the changing of the seasons, I do get like, I I get that initial sickness that, that goes around that everybody gets. I do not feel like crap. I, despite the fact that my voice sounds like a broken beer bottle was shoved down my throat. I do not feel the least bit sick. I I don't know what's going on. I don't know how it happened. My voice is strained. It's coated in mucus and, and crap like that, but I'm not stuffed up. I haven't had a fever. I haven't been uncomfortable. I haven't had joint pain, anything like that. I just, my voice is screwed up. <laughs> and I don't, you know, it's the one thing, it's the one thing that I want to work. In life is my voice, and it is in the gutter right now. I kind of feel a little old talking all about, like, joint pain and crap. I'm not even 30 yet, and, you know, it's not, uh, I you know, why am I talking about joint pain for? That's it's really, I'm getting old. That, that sucks. <laughs> not even hitting 30 yet, and I'm conceding to father time. Oh, oh you know what? I didn't know if I was going to talk about this or not. Uh, but, of course, in the course of events that happened over the past week, right, um, we had daylight savings time. What was it? End? Begin? Be- end. Had to been end, right? It ends in the fall because we fall back an hour and we spring forward an hour and uh, and all that jazz, right? Listen, I want to say it right now. I want to get my thoughts out on it. So that it's clear to everybody out there and that there's no question where I stand on this. Daylight savings time is a joke. Alright? It is the biggest bullcrap thing that we do today. And I'll tell you why. Alright? Daylight savings time at the time that it was incepted and the time that they made it up. um, Daylight savings time probably made sense probably stood its purpose and probably was a bit useful all right it is 2018 where your cell phone can turn off the lights in your living room we don't need daylight savings time anymore uh, just just matter of factly uh, the the world has moved away from being that structured that regimented that uh, scheduled that it just doesn't make sense anymore. Okay, you're not saving energy with daylight savings time anymore because nobody even understands what saving energy means anymore. 
Uh, <laughs> we're not saving energy with daylight savings time. We're not... Yeah, you're not you're not lowering your heating bills with daylight savings time. You're not reducing the amount that you would turn lights on in your house with daylight savings time. Because I know people who turn lights on when it's bright as hell and they have houses that get good natural light, but they'll still turn a light bulb on. I I never understood that. I don't even turn the lights on when I'm reading a book and it's pouring down rain and dark outside. Because there's still enough light for me to read the book. If that makes sense. And then for for other people, they read their book on a Kindle or on their cell phone. Or they go, what's a book? I don't, you know, I don't know. But in all reality, I mean, we do not need it. Now, when people argue with me on this, they say, no, but I like the light being out later. I like it in the summertime when the sun's going down at like 9 o'clock at night. I gotcha. That, th- this is how we're going to tackle this problem. Okay? We are going to... Pick a year, and this very well may be my presidential platform coming up, uh, because, uh, oh, I teased it on Twitter, I threw out something, it said, all it said was Fritz 2024, and it said, give me liberty. I'm not saying anything's happening, I'm simply saying that you cannot say something is happening, that's, that, that, that's where we're going with that. But one of the pillars of my campaign would be to eliminate daylight savings time. And how would I do it? I would pick a year, all right? So let's say 20, let's say it's 2024 election, right? So I get elected 2024, right? 2025. Okay, 2025, we're going to spring forward whenever it is. When is it? It's like March, April? I I don't know. Whenever we spring forward an hour. We're going to spring forward that hour, right? And then we're never going to do this crap again. We're just going to stay in that for the rest of our lives. And nobody is going to complain ever again because they'll never. But you know what? You know what will happen if that happens? If, if I truly got my way and eliminated daylight savings time, people would start bitching about the fact that they forgot they're not supposed to set their clocks back an hour or ahead an hour. That's what would happen. I come up with a perfect freaking solution for a problem. Keeping everybody gets the the light out later. You still get light out later. All right. You don't have to change your clocks anymore. But somebody's still gonna bitch because they're gonna they're gonna forget that they're not supposed to set their clocks back. Which I don't understand. You know what? That's the funny thing too. I woke up that morning, on Sunday morning. I woke up. At the normal time that I would wake up, I looked down at my watch on my arm. All right? I see the time was like 8.30. I was like, huh, 8.30, that's not bad for sleeping in. Pick up my phone, turn it on, it says 7.30. I'm like, wait a minute. Oh, right, daylight savings time. Because the phone automatically changes. You know, my, my, my G-Shock watch doesn't. Yeah, that's right, I don't have a smart watch. I work in a prison. I can't take a smartwatch into the prison. What's the point in having one if that's where a, a sad majority of my life takes place right now? Right? At least one-third of my life is being spent in a prison, right? At least one-third of my day is. Sometimes two-thirds. Sad. So after I got up and changed every freaking clock, 
from the stove to the microwave, which, I mean, yes, they're right there on top of each other, but still I had to switch each one. And then I had to, re- I was driving to work that night looking at my car clock going, holy crap, it's not 4.30, right? I'm not running late, am I? Oh, and then look at my watch. Oh, yeah, no, it's only 3.30. What the hell? So that's 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 the idea. Let's just uh, let's just pick a year, spring forward. You know, go through that one sucky night of losing an hour, right? And then never do this crap again. It's stupid. All right, that's one of the pillars of my twenty twenty four presidential campaign. Oh, I'm, I'm not. No, I'm not saying that it's not happening. I'm just saying you can't say that it is happening. You know, and that's, an- that's another uh, interesting thought because for some reason, when election time rolls around, everybody asks me, w- would you actually, I mean, would you run for something? That's, it's, that's always what the question is. It's never what would you run for. It's always, would you, w- would you run for something though? For real? Like, <laughs> and you know why people ask me that is because usually around election time or election day, I'll go around and I'll ask everybody. I'll be like, hey, did you vote? And they'll be like, you know, yeah, yeah, I voted, I voted. And I'll go, huh, did you vote for me? And they'll say, you weren't on the ballot. And I'll say, God damn it, it there's a write-in option right there. You could have wrote me in on any one of them, on all of them. You could have, but you didn't. You didn't. So whose fault is it for real? Is it my fault or is it yours? Don't fail me again. But but it's funny people have been people ask me I guess because I do the podcast and I write you know blog posts every once in a while and I'm very active on social media platforms talking about the government and what the government should do what the government shouldn't do how society should act you know all that crap and I I never really gave it a hardcore thought because I am Joe Blow I am Joe America. All right. I don't have money. <laughs> I I work in a prison. Okay? Money is not a commodity that I have to toss around through uh left and right and into the drain, okay? I don't I don't have money or resources like that right now. And I know what other people are going to say. Well, you can just run anyway. Yeah, I could. I could run as a libertarian. I could go to the Libertarian Party of Delaware right now, tell them that I'm running run and get my, you know, 2,000 people that are going to vote for me, probably on lock without even putting it forth any effort. But what would I have really accomplished? Nothing. Nothing. I wouldn't have accomplished anything. So, it's funny when people ask me, though, because, cause, you know, I, I, I do periodically think about it. But I also think that, like, if you're going to run and have some success or whatever, you got to be that guy that, that, like, your entire neighborhood knows. And, you know, my entire neighborhood probably does know me. They're like, that's that guy that wears the prison. Uh, he's, the, he's the correctional officer. He wears the prison uniform. We see him come in and, in and out of his house. He mows his lawn. <laughs> he mows his lawn, damn it. And one time during the winter time, he actually shoveled his sidewalk and both of his neighbors' sidewalk for for no compensation whatsoever. Like that's what they're gonna. That's what people are gonna say. And the dirt that they're gonna dig up on me is gonna be 
stupid joke tweets. You know, they're going to be like, he wants like a, he wants like the song by Nickelback. In fact, our sources say that he played Nickelback at his wedding. Which I didn't play Nickelback at my wedding, I digress, but uh, that's the crap that they're going to, uh, that's the crap that they're going to pull out with that. (laughs) So, I mean, other than my sailor's mouth, too, because, I mean, the number one thing that's going to happen if I run for for any type of uh, political office is they're going to pull up these 455 episodes of FritzCast and look at every time I dropped an F-bomb. And despite the fact that I'm going to be able to just point at President Trump and be like, you you, you, you allowed that guy, though. <laughs> it's going to be wrong because I did it. You know what I mean? It's always wrong when you do it. It's never wrong when somebody else does it, but it is wrong when you do it. Yeah, I, it, could it be in the future? Yeah. I don't want to be ambitious and say that I'm going to be that, you know, 30-year-old guy or that 36-year-old fresh, fresh guy that's, you know, you know, going to be the, you know, whatever. I'm not, uh, I don't put my head in the clouds like that. I'm, I'm, I, I'm not that optimistic about my messaging. But it is what it is. I'm not writing it off. But there's, there's things to talk about too, ground games and then where, you know, how I think I would do with running a campaign of sorts. Which is crazy, right? So, I mean, so let's get into it because I'm not going to be able to go on for... I don't think I'm going to be able to hit 40 minutes today with my voice as it is. But if I don't do it today, then I'm going to be scrambling to do it at the end of the week. And I don't want to give you something cheap. So let's just get down to it. Uh, my favorite clip from last night that I, that I have to play right right off the bat it would be would be this one. This is a great... Uh, this is a great summary of all the election results last night. We still have to pick up the Democrats. It is entirely possible that the Democrats will regain control of the House today. But I have to say, when you look at what's going on here tonight, this is not a blue wave. This is not uh, a wave that is knocking out uh, all sorts of Republican incumbents. We saw you just called the Kentucky 6th District. Now, there are every all sorts of ways that Democrats can regain the House without Amy McGrath having defeated incumbent congressman andy barr but the fact is she did not and if she had that would have really been an indication of a big powerful blue wave the fact that she did not and it is a district that he won uh, two years ago congressman barr uh, by more than twenty points but this was a target democrats did hope to win kentucky six and you look at the competitive races going on in florida where republicans right now have the edge you look at what's going on in the indiana senate race right now it does look as though Republicans have been able to build something of a wall in certain parts of the country, especially in these states that President Trump won. That said, Democrats still have a decent chance of winning back the House. They still have a number of seats that are very competitive uh, where Democrats are in the lead, and that could still happen. Yeah, that that is uh, as the election results began pouring in last night, it became very evident that this big blue wave that was going to come in and change everything and and completely sweep the nation did not in fact happen uh didn't didn't go down the way that everybody had planned or plotted or thought that it was going to go down but for all intents and purposes we can say 
uh, and reading on uh, New York Times, CNN. Uh, it's 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 safe to say now it it is still early in the morning on Wednesday recording this right now. But um, Democrats have clinched 218 House seats needed to take control. Um, there are at least 15 additional toss-up seats that have yet to be called. But for all intents and purposes, the Democrats will take the House. Uh, for all intents and purposes right now, um, the GOP will maintain control of the Senate. And that's where we stand. That's literally where we stand. Okay, so the Democrats, yeah, they take, they take, uh, they take the majority in the House, not like not an epic proportion of majority in the House, mind you, but this just means that investigations into Trump and and impeachment processes and things of that nature will will go on now, and now there's subpoena power and and uh, and uh, but not subpoena power. What's the word I'm looking for? Veto, you know. The, the probability of trying to veto and, and stall bills and all that. Yeah, that's that's all in play. And that's fine. And you can call that a blue wave if you want, but it's not as hyped up, as, as epic proportioned as it was made out to be. Because this was made out to be that every Republican was going down. You know, and and part of it, I believe, is dangerous rhetoric by the media and by talking heads and by political analysis and pundits, uh, a great deal, in fact. Uh, among some of the congressional winners, for example, uh, some of them were givens. Some of them were not surprising at all. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez winning in New York. Uh, shouldn't have been a surprise to anybody because it didn't matter. I mean, I mean, and just because she won, and it, I, historically, mind you, she shattered. Uh, she's the youngest elected House of Representative female official ever, first one ever. Um, great, that's fine. Uh, to me, policy wise, she's garbage. Um, because she can't answer basic questions. She can't answer the basic question of how she would pay for her stuff other than just saying, you just pay for it. You just pay for it. You just pay for it. That's that's a typical uh, politician answer of, uh, I don't know, we'll just bang the gavel, figure out where to raise taxes to make it happen. Okay? That's just making people pay for things more. That's not really a solution, but whatever. Uh, she won, which was not surprising. What was surprising was some of the other hyped candidates. So some little uh, as 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 the media made them out to be the little darlings of the Democratic Party that were running. So Ocasio Cortez, she was probably one of the darlings. Okay, but she won. She was in New York. Okay. Uh, here we have Andrew Gillum, who in Florida. Uh, lost out his race, and he was outspoken and more on that democratic socialist side of things. He was defeated. Uh, the big, the biggest one was probably Beto O'Rourke, or better known as Robert Francis O'Rourke, uh, lost his race to Ted Cruz. 
And that one, I actually want to look at the numbers for that one real quick. Because that one, up until a certain point, was back and forth and back and forth. Ted Cruz with 99% reporting had uh, has 50.9% of the vote. 50.9% of the vote. Or 4,228,832 votes to Beto O'Rourke's 4,015,082 votes. 48.3% of the votes. So not, not a thorough trouncing, if you will, but a pretty scooched-in safe victory for Ted Cruz. However, Beto O'Rourke, I mean, you know, look at those numbers. You still, it's still four million to four million. It's it's almost a deadlock, if you will. The Libertarian candidate got sixty five thousand votes in Texas. I'd say that's that's probably a little bit significant. Um, but but the thing with Bet with Beto O'Rourke, I don't know why. I don't. I do not get the appeal of Beto O'Rourke. Okay, I don't like Ted Cruz either. That might surprise you. But Ted Cruz is insufferable sometimes. I, I still did not get the appeal of Beto O'Rourke, and now you have people like Alyssa Milano. Alyssa Milano probably had the funniest tweet uh, of the night, and I had the funniest reply to Alyssa Milano. Not to toot my own horn, but beep beep. Alyssa Milano said, Beto lost? That's okay. Now he can run for president. I said, really? What's his experience? Uh, well, I lost the Zodiac Killer of all people. Even though I had millions of dollars and it was the Zodiac Killer. Like, I don't really... Somebody needs to explain this to me. One of my friends out there on Facebook land or Twitter, whatever... You need to explain to me what Beto O'Rourke's appeal really is. Because I could not find it. And now, a bunch of you are giddy to run him for president. And I don't understand why you guys like losing so much. <laughs> because that, to me, seems like a losing deal. There's some, there's some grade A losers you can pick, Democrats. To run against Trump in 2020. Grade A loser number one. Beto O'Rourke. He lost to Ted Cruz. You can't. If you can't beat Ted Cruz. I mean mind you. It was 4 million to 4 million. But if you can't beat Ted Cruz. Why the hell are you going to jettison him on the national level. To, to, to stick it to the Republicans. Alright. Surefire loss. Beto O'Rourke. Beto O'Rourke, okay? Second surefire loss, just letting Hillary Clinton run again. Third surefire loss, Corey I.M. Spartacus Booker. Because he's a joke. But you know what? was You know what's really surprising about these election results? This, this blue wave sweep that was supposed to happen yesterday. This is, this is really telling right here. And, and this isn't made up. This is... This is the results, okay? Tom Bevan, who is the co-founder and president of Real Clear Politics, 
He tweeted out last night. So he tweeted out last night, and I quote, So every Dem Dem senator in a competitive race who voted against Kavanaugh lost. Donnelly, Heitkamp, McCaskill, and Nelson. And the one who voted for Kavanaugh survived. Joe Manchin. In fact, one of the races that we can't even call right now is uh, Montana. Montana is the live results that I'm reading right now from Google have 84% of the precincts reporting in John Tester, the incumbent senator, is sitting at 48.2% of the vote with Matt Rosendale at 48.9% of the vote in the 202,793 votes to 199,800 votes. Looks like John Tester might actually lose his election as well. He was a no vote on Kavanaugh. Is that not a little telling to you how the Kavanaugh stand worked for the blue wave and for the Democratic Party? Not to rehash that mess of, you know, let's not go back to the whole how many how many weeks of coverage did I have on Kavanaugh on this program? Four like four freaking weeks of coverage. All about Brett Kavanaugh. And I'm done with that. But clearly, what happened with all of that played a direct impact and a direct role in this that that did not work out for the Democrats in the way that they hoped it would. Now, what what, what does all these results mean? And, and, And why, you know, why wasn't there a big blue wave? I don't understand. I'm telling you, people, I've tried saying it since 2016 and before that. The divide in America and the hyper-partisanship has fueled the divide and it becomes a giant pissing contest. That's really... Where we are right now, it's a giant pissing contest. You know why? It's be- you know why it is because because the blue wave was so underwhelming yesterday because it wasn't as big as it was supposed to be. We had we had um, we had the news media lecturing the American voter on on you know I thought you were better than this. I thought that you were less racist and xenophobic and yada, 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 yada. It becomes such a thing. Such an extreme. That it's... uh, When you make something so extreme, it will backfire on you. Absolutely it will backfire on you. What, 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 What are you expecting otherwise? I always have to tell this to some of my more extreme progressive friends. I always have to tell them, yo, you have to take a step back and realize that not everybody is down with this. You think everybody is down with this. You think all millennials are down with this. You think that in a couple years, things will sway the way and you'll get this cushy little democratic socialist society that you want. But in reality, the the generalized public opinion is not as extremely in favor for it as you are led to believe they are. In all honesty, 
to, to me at least anyway, I see a growing trend of more and more people becoming like me where they say that they don't like the idea of the government having so much power that you are that you are driven by fear to go to the polls to vote for your team to keep the other team out and that's not how the system should work but that's how this system is hyped to work every minute of every day especially when election season rolls around we are talking about people talking about our very lives and democracy are at stake and i hate hate that word Hate that word democracy. Some people are misunderstanding when I say I don't like the term democracy. And I have to explain myself over and over again with it. Somebody just asked me last night. They're like, you're, you're glad we don't live in a democracy. Why? And I said, point blank, I was like, because if we live in a democracy or if you like democracy, you must then concede to the fact that as long as 51% of people say that throwing gays off of a rooftop is good, that then, therefore, it is morally okay to do because 51% said so. And that is not true. That's reprehensible, in fact, to believe such a thing. Because democracy compromises rights of the people and the majority doesn't always know what's what's best and just because the majority wants X, Y, or Z doesn't make X, Y, or Z a good idea or a good thing or a viable thing so more and more I see people joining my ranks of wanting to take a step back wanting to scale back the power and you know not writing off everything necessarily but really constricting that government power because if you fear that government power so much, why would you just why would you play a game of voting your team in, knowing full well that the battles are this close, that the victories are that small? And what is what is it with the game of wanting to be Wanting to get your team to win so that you can stick it to the other guys. That is this toxic culture that we've developed here in America right now. We have this toxic culture of wanting to fuck over the other people. And it is reprehensible, people. It's dumb. Why do you want to play the game this way? Why do you want to be in a system... Where it is team red and team blue and it is so extreme and absolute. There's no in between. You're talking about there's people out there right now who looks at who look at red voters, who look at people who voted for just any Republican, not just Republicans in general, but any Republican. And say to and say to that person, they love Donald Trump. I can't believe that I live in a world where this person would want this crap and they don't even want half the crap that you're saying they want. But you're saying that they have to vote Democrat and Democrat only to prove that they don't like Donald Trump. This is extremism to the max. This is hyper-partisanship to the max. And this is why I criticize both parties on a regular basis. 
Because guess what? The Democrats are doing an awful, awful job. And their victories are so small. Their victories, the victories that they took are far less telling right now than the losses that they took. The losses that the Democratic Party took in this 2018 election are far more telling than any victory they got. But we constantly refuse to wake up. What's going to change between right now and 2020? Because I'm telling you right now, Trump doesn't get impeached. Yes, we're going to go through those those proceedings. That's going to happen. That's a given. Yes, there's going to be investigations. Yes, that's all going to happen because the Democrats do have control of the House. But guess what? Mostly, this is status quo setting up for 2020. This was nothing but a scrimmage. Beto O'Rourke, I'm absolutely 100% convinced that Beto O'Rourke was run in Texas, not in hopes of actually getting the Senate seat. I mean, it was surprising how close it got, but ultimately it was to see how well this guy fundraised on a national level, and now you have people chopping at the bit to make him 2020 material for president, despite the fact that he's done nothing. Now, that being said, uh, libertarians didn't do, uh, you know, there was no gold wave of libertarians, if, if you know what I mean. But libertarians were fighting a different battle. Uh, for instance, Larry Sharp obviously didn't win uh, governor of, of New York. Uh, it was Andrew Cuomo by large proportions and margins. But <clears throat> Larry Sharp running for governor of New York... Uh, the last checkup I had, he has over 90,000 votes, and it was a five-way race. Uh, but his is 90,000-plus votes. He actually only needed, like, 50 or so. Um, but with 90,000 votes, over 90,000 votes, uh, he actually keeps Libertarian Party ballot access secured in New York for the first time ever through 2022, so New York doesn't have to worry about that fight uh, anymore. And that's the sad fact, is that uh, a lot of times trying to have ballot access isn't even accessible for libertarians or third party, which which shows some election reforms that we need. Um, another example is John Yutner in Oklahoma with over 270,000 270, votes, 24.8%. 8% of the vote, he keeps Libertarian Party ballot access secured in Oklahoma through 2022. Uh, that's the case with a lot of the uh, Libertarian races. But Libertarians are taking a chunk, and they're taking, you know, pretty big numbers of people that on uh, in recent history, you haven't seen these numbers for third-party people. Matt Waters for U.S. Senate in Virginia had 58,000 votes in a three-way race against Tim Kaine and Republican Corey Stewart. Uh, Cole Ebel, chair of LP Tennessee, has won his seat on the Carthage Carthage City Council. Uh, Travis Irvin for Ohio governor, 61,000 votes. 
in a four-way race for Ohio governor. Uh, that's just some of them. Uh, uh, Gary Johnson running in New Mexico. He had, hold on, uh, over 100,000 votes, over 15% of the vote in New Mexico. Uh, Cash Jackson in Illinois in a four-way race for governor uh, had 104,000 votes. Uh, the threshold for the Libertarian Party to have ballot access in the next cycle is 5%. He's got 2.4% currently, but there's 99% reporting in, so that might not be attainable. Uh, but that's just an example. You can find out more how the Libertarians were performing on LP.org. They're posting live results and updating them as they come in. <clears throat> but... Larry Sharp. Larry Sharp is a guy I really want to focus on. Because Larry Sharp has some passion. He has some fire. Okay, we were talking about the Democrats want to peg Beto O'Rourke for a 2020 run. All right, Alyssa Milano's made up her mind. She wants to vote for Beto in 2020. Which I think is dumb because you lost to Ted Cruz. But somebody's going to say... You're for the libertarian guy, and he didn't even come close to winning New York. So what are you, what are you even talking about? Larry Sharp is very impassioned. He should have been, honestly, he should have been the VP guy that was selected for Gary Johnson uh, this last go-around rather than Bill Weld. Uh, but Larry Sharp, I believe, is a superstar. He's been featured on Joe Rogan. He's been on Glenn Beck. Uh, he's been on um, a couple of other heavy-hitting um platforms as well and if the libertarian party has even half a brain in its upper echelon staff they'll pick larry sharp for some bigger projects and bigger endeavors within the party but just just listen to larry sharp real quick i'm a libertarian i'm a proud libertarian what does that mean that means i'm gonna have enough of the democratic values which they don't actually do, but they talk about. Okay. The idea of freedom, the idea of allowing people to be what they want to be, staying out of someone's bedroom. That idea is what I have. Okay. At the same time, at the same values of the, what the Republicans are supposed to have, which means less government, staying in my pocketbook, not heavy taxes, allowing small business to grow. I have both of those. So someone can actually vote for me and get most of what they want versus voting for the other and getting nothing or voting for the same old thing and nothing changing. Or maybe you should listen to Cash Jackson, who was running for governor of Illinois. Why, you know, why the Libertarian Party, Cash? Party principle. It, it just—it's it, merely principle that uh, many people have asked me why I didn't run as a Republican. And look, so many Republicans aren't really Republicans. Even many of the base—they're rhinos. And that's how Rauner maintained his nomination. He had people that voted for him, even though he violated many tenets of his principles uh, and their party platform. And uh, there's too much big money and influence there, and I didn't want that. I just wanted to be an independent man, stand on my principles, and have a party that would back me when I did that. I'm telling you, Libertarian Party, Cash Jackson, Larry Sharp, bring in more superstars. Those guys are truly standing out of the pack for Libertarian superstars. And the last thing that we need in 2020 for the Libertarian Party is to prop up somebody like Bill Weld because he's got money. So guys, that's going to do it for me just because my voice has been wrecked today. Uh, but just remember, I love you. I thank you for tuning in. 
please like, comment, and share, especially on iTunes. If you're an iTunes listener, Apple, drop a review, man. Just just a little something-something uh, to help boost the podcast up. You can follow me on Twitter at FritzQS for more ongoing random bits of commentary on this crazy election results as they come sweeping in uh, throughout the day. Uh, Facebook.com slash TheFritzCast. Minds.com slash TheFritzCast. And, as always... Fritzcast podcast at gmail.com. Guys, I love you and I hope you have a good week and I will see you next week. <laughs>